We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This episode of the Eurostep is brought to you by Indochino, Harry's, and Roman. I'm here with Rohan Kadi. As always, we are going to break down the Bucks losing Chris Middleton, how they're going to make up for that in the meantime while he's out for a little while, and then later talk about the Bucks Bulls game on Thursday night, tonight as we're recording, probably yesterday as you hear this with good friend of the podcast, Jason Pat. But first, I just want to talk a little bit about Indochino. I don't know, Rohan, did you You must have watched the draft, right? Are you a draft watcher? I did. I did watch the draft. I don't know if you'll remember this or not. Feel free to be honest. But do you remember R.J. Barrett's pink suit? It was very distinct. Oh, yes, I do. So that suit is actually an Indochino suit. Indochino, if you don't know, somehow, I know Rohan knows, but Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. And if they can if they can get RJ Barrett in the right fitting clothes, they can get you. It's a lot easier to get you and I and you or I in a suit than it is RJ Barrett. Those dimensions are are pretty unusual. So I, I feel confident they can get your your fit down. Uh, speaking of RJ, who's balling out for the Knicks right now, shout out to him. His brand new collection with Indochino just dropped, and it features limited edition fabrics and jacket linings he helped pick out and design. Indochino's process is simple. You choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, 
Maybe you'll even see RJ Barrett there. Or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. And right now, you, yes you, dear listener, can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout and shipping is free. What a deal. Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothes that don't fit. Speaking of excuses, Rohan, the Bucks. Uh, that was a clumsy segue. It doesn't really make sense. I was going to do something about the Bucks have no excuse for not being prepared for Chris Middleton to miss time, but they probably do. I mean, it's it's pretty unexpected thing, but we found out the leg injury that Chris Middleton left the Thunder game with that I think everyone hoped was no big deal, a sort of a contusion. It's a pretty big deal of a contusion. I'm still seeing it called that, if, if called anything, but supposedly going to sideline Chris for two to four weeks, although it shouldn't be something that has serious repercussions after this. Um, first here, before we get into trying to replace such an important player, what were your thoughts when you heard the updated diagnosis on Chris? Uh, when I saw the three to four week diagnosis, I was a little I was a little confused because it didn't seem like in real time that it was going to be such a bad injury because it was like it was a knee to the thigh. But as soon as Chris came out of that play, you could tell that he was he was not okay, and. I don't know, it seemed a little long for me, but it's better safe than sorry, especially when it's this early in the season and you need to be preparing for a long stretch run in the spring. Yeah, I agree, and especially, I don't know how much of a role this played into it, but the Bucks really do have a cupcake schedule over the next month or so after a really hard opening schedule with a lot of games on the road, a lot of games in the West Coast. I mean, I think their toughest two games in, through the end of November are home against the Jazz and at Indiana. So, I mean, both of those, certainly games you could see the Bucks losing. I mean, they've, they've lost to worse teams, but neither of them are like, oh, goodness, like this is, uh, this is awful, this is really tough. And I, I think the Utah game, I just feel like the Bucks are going to win that. I don't think Giannis wants to get swept by Rudy Gobert this season. So I think that, although, I, I, again, I don't think that anyone in the Bucks was like, well, we would have him play, but the schedule is easy, so we might as well sit out. Like, I don't think that goes into it. I just think it happened to work out pretty nicely for Milwaukee. Yeah, it couldn't have happened at a better time. Like you said, it's a pretty easy schedule down the down this stretch, and it's it's just better for him to get the proper recovery so there's no no lingering effects later in the season. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, the first thing you think when you hear about this Chris Middleton thing is, oh, that sucks. Sucks for Chris, who's still doing his uh, 12 days of Christmas celebration, or, or I think, is it is that it? Is it 12 yes, days of Christmas? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I love Christmas. It Milton. is. But I know. He's such a great figure in the community. He is. He's, he's giving through the pain, and that's truly admirable. Probably even more so than playing through the pain, although hardcore basketball fans might disagree with me on that. <laughs> Regardless, after you think, oh, that sucks for Chris, you think, how are the Bucks going to get by without him? Uh, a lot of people disagree on how good Chris Middleton is. There's a whole Chris Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon thing that's going around that I'm not ready to talk about yet without blowing yeah, my top. We we'll, yeah, we don't have to. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's just, just we're gonna we're gonna move past it for, for now at least. But how can the Bucks replace his, his production on this team? His load. I mean, the obvious answer is they can't one to one. Like, there's no one guy who can step in. It's going to be a team effort, and we'll talk about that in a little bit of detail. The other guys who need to step up and who thankfully certainly did step up in this Bulls game. But 
let's talk about the guys who actually have to take his spot in the starting lineup. Uh, we ha- we got Dante DiVincenzo, which was a little bit of a surprise to me at least, uh, for this game here on Thursday. Who did you expect to get the start, Rohan, and who did you want to get the start? I'm guessing those could be different answers. I was I was really shocked to see that Dante was in the starting lineup. I was expecting and hoping to see Sterling Brown in the lineup because he over the last couple games he had just been balling out. He's always seems to be making the right play most of the time at least, and he can score at three levels. He can play physical play. He just he can get his own shot. I was really expecting Sterling. Dante was fourth on my list. I don't know if you have like a list or something. Well, yeah, yeah, I talked about having a list. I said I would share my list, and I, th- I think I typed it out in DMs somewhere. So let's let's hear your list while I find my list. Okay, so first, like I said, was Sterling Brown. Next was Ursan Ilyasova. You had Ursan second? Yes. Oh, our first disagreement yes. on the Eurostep. I love it. I had yes. Ursan last. Really? Uh, no, well, expected just... or expected or wanted? Wanted because oh wow, like, explain I just, this. I just want him to be weird. Like it'd be very <laughs> entertaining, and I feel like it would work well. Last season, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know they were staggering when they started Giannis, Ursan, and Brook all at the same time. It was yeah, it, they had just an insane net rating. But it just I wanted to see them go big, go weird, and it would also free up minutes for DJ Wilson to step in. So it would have been it would have been better to see Ursan come in and then after him I had Pat Connaughton I don't know I don't know how you feel about that one I, I also have Pat third on my list I, I think okay. Pat is just Pat's just extremely solid I've, we've talked about this already I still think he's playing a lot smarter especially defensively not jumping at everything this year and my not really but my like joking play of the game the real one is one of the a thousand great things Giannis did but <laughs> Pat so Giannis Pat and a Bulls play I don't remember who get tied up and and somebody falls over. I think the Bulls guy and like Giannis kind of stumbles. And the, no, there's no foul called. But Pat like reaches up and tries to like say he's the one who did the foul, even though there wasn't a foul. <laughs> and I was just like, what 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 awareness by Pat to just yeah. proactively be like, no no no, it was me. Do not put a foul on Giannis. It was me. Did it was there a foul? Oh, there was no foul. Never mind. Like I just love that play so much. Yes. No, that was great. I just I think Pat like. Like you were saying, I just think he can be like a solid defender. He can move the ball well. He had some threes today. It was, I don't know. He, it's just like he seems like more of a spark plug guy off the bench. And that applies to Dante as well. I just think Pat is better than Dante. Dante was next on my list. He was fourth. It's just, I don't know. They seem better equipped to come off the bench and be like a high energy guy in short spurts. And my last guy was Kyle Korver just because I I don't think he needs to be expending all this energy this early in the season especially because he's 38 years old and needs needs rest on the for for the rest of the season. He does, and he's been getting it on, on back-to-backs, another busy busy game, uh, busy parts of the schedule, I should say. So my list, I also had Sterling first, and I had a space between. He was my, he was my only one in Tier 1. Uh, bad game today against the Bulls. He still, I think he almost got double-digit rebound numbers. Did he get the 10th one at all? Uh, mm. No, he stayed at no. Nine. Yeah. But nine boards, two turnovers, 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. So not a great game from Sterling. None of these guys really played all that well. I think Pat probably had the best overall game. Uh, Just a solid six points for him and four rebounds. No assists. No three assists. Good game from Pat. Pat easily had the best game. Let me put some respect on him. Plus Mm -hmm. 10 for Pat Connaughton. So good game for him. He he won the the battle so far. I mean, not really because Dante got the start, but he's played the best so far. So I had Sterling first. Like I said, I had Pat third sandwiched in between them. I had DJ Wilson. 
Ooh, he was I the, like that one. He was my second most wanted option. I don't even know if it would have worked all that well, but one, I just want DJ to play. Yes. Um, just because, like, I so here's my issue with, with DJ Wilson, and not really with him himself, but with the issue of DJ Wilson this season is I cannot sit here and argue with you that DJ would be a, a great option here. I can't tell you that he's a long-term starter candidate on the Bucks or short-term because we just have not seen him play. I think he's still at 17 minutes this season total. That is not enough. Like the Bucks need to find out what some of these young guys are to either know, either boost their value around the league in a potential trade. And again, I I'm still firmly on the I can get over the Brogdon thing if those Indiana assets are used for something. If they're not, it it becomes tougher for me to stomach. But that's a whole different issue. But you're talking about trades. I mean, these young guys, a lot of them just are not going to have that much value if they don't play. Like teams are going to like they're they're just you're not. You're not tantalizing anybody with a guy who gets DNPs and, and just sits on the bench, and that's what DJ is doing right now. And you also don't find out what the, what they can do for later. You know, We don't know exactly what DJ can do. He had some good flashes last year. I would say last year he didn't even play all that much, and this year he's hardly played at all. So more than anything, I just want to see how it looks. But I just think that like even when Chris Middleton comes back, the long-term, I think, ceiling of a 2-3-4 that's – Middleton, DJ Giannis could be extraordinarily high if DJ can fit into that, hit his open threes, and guard well. I mean, just the length there. I mean, there's a lot of things to make fun of Jason Kidd for, and I've said this often, but like there is a merit to just having a lot of tall guys who can play together. I mean, it raises your mm. floor and your ceiling on defense and really on offense too, and certainly on the glass. But I just would like to see what how how really just how he can play with Giannis, how those two can play together at the forward spot. So I, I just wanted to see that. Yeah, um, especially like going back to what you were saying about length. It's just like who's the who's the main competition for the Bucks in the East? The six, so, uh, Sixers, yeah. yeah. And they are extremely massive. So you need to be able to have counters for that. And playing DJ Wilson and like what I was trying to get at earlier with Urson, it's the same sort of concept. Yeah. But it's just like you need to go big. You need to be able to match that sort of style. No, I agree. But I, I just a quick aside, I think both Philly and Milwaukee should be a little bit more worried about Boston and Toronto than they thought. And maybe Miami, but really Boston and Toronto <laughs> look quite good. Boston's early season schedule stinks. Yeah. And Toronto's got some guys banged up right now. They're going to they're gonna maybe have trouble staying healthy. But that, that Toronto team, I don't know. Both of those teams have a little bit. And then now the Hayward is hurt too. So yep. maybe not that worried. But they those teams have showed me flashes yep. I didn't expect more, to see. Regardless. More than we thought. They're still not in Bucks philly tier. But no. I'd say, yeah. More, they're, they're better than I thought. I'll give them Yeah. That. They've been fun so far. But I don't think Boston's defense is going to hold up. Anyway, back to my list. So Sterling, DJ, Pat. I had Corver fourth. But it's it's with the huge asterisk of like don't play him thirty two minutes, like he starts and plays five minutes or whatever, and then he plays eleven minutes through the rest of the game. So it's really he's not functionally taking the Middleton like minutes or role in the rotation. He's just starting like, maybe ending games out there just for the shooting threat, and he was kind of off in this game as well. Then I had Dante. Then I had Ursan last. Nothing against Ursan, and he is good when he plays with Giannis in another center. The lineups tend to be kind of rough long-term when he is asked to kind of play the center if Giannis is out there or if Giannis isn't especially. But Ersan is good. I just – it's just like I know what Ersan is. He's going to go hot sometimes. He's going to go cold sometimes. He's going to take charges. He's going to offensive rebound well. It's just like I've had enough of Ersan. I, we know what he is. I don't think we need Ersan tryouts. You We're well want, aware of Ersan. You want, so, you want to see something new. 
I do. I want to. I want to experiment with stuff. I want to get a yeah. good idea of the whole of every tool in the toolbox before you end up needing to make these tough decisions. Like, yeah, I just want to see him go crazy. Exactly, and not just going crazy for crazy's sake, but really for the utility of yeah. you know when you're in the playoffs and you're in a situation, maybe somebody's fouled out, maybe you know uh, uh, an adjustment by the other team is just rendered for whatever reason one of the lineups not useless, but it's not operating well enough. I just I just want the team to know and Bud to know and be able to trust in, in other options besides the you know six, seven, eight guys that we really know he, he feels comfortable playing. So it comes down to that for me. That's why I kind of wanted to see. I mean, Sterling first isn't as crazy, but then DJ would just be like, let's see what we can do. Let's see what's out there. Yeah, no, for sure. So I so we, we now we've broken down the – well, let's break down those guys a little more. I guess we haven't gone through them all. So I would say Pat C had a good game. Mm-hmm. Not really any other of the quote-unquote replacements did. What are your thoughts going forward on on who should start at that? I don't want to say two or three or whatever spot, just that Chris Middleton yeah. spot right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, just like you said, like I was saying, I feel like Sterling would be a good fit. But what I'm noticing that's interesting is that Pat, uh, Dante, and Sterling all played around 20 minutes. Dante had a little more. He had 24. Sterling had 20, though. Pat Connaughton had like 19 and a half minutes. So it seems like Bud, he's not, it's not really like who starts is going to get like an insane amount of minutes. It's going to be more of like a, a replacement by committee, even game to game. It's going to be a lot of like, okay, we're going to have these three guys play a lot of minutes, like not a lot of minutes, but like play a decent amount of minutes each. And so they can all fill up that void without So you can get the best of every single person without having to burn one of them out and not play another. Yeah, that doesn't really shock me. Um, that's no, kind of what he the did smart, with them. It's the smart thing to do. I think it is as well. Um, so I guess we're, I don't, I don't know. Are we, are we, argue, here's a question. Are we okay. arguing about nothing when we ask who should replace him? If we think these guys are kind of get, going to get intermittently staggered anyway, or yeah, not that's, staggered, that's but what shuffled. I was trying, that's what I was trying to get at. Like it, does it, does it really even matter who starts if they're just going to play around the same amount of minutes? It really matters who's closing games. That's true. That's a good point, Rohan. So I guess the question is then, if the nominal starter doesn't matter, are you concerned with how the minutes shake out game to game? Like, Do you want to see some of these other guys get a little bit more than Dante and maybe get the nod starting? Or is it really just a case of like, it, do you think it matters the, how, think, this, how this gets distributed? I don't think it matters too much if, unless there tends to be like one player is starting to really outperform the others or one is drastically underperforming. If they're both if they're around playing like the same level, like I don't think it'll I don't think it'll make it too much of a difference, but like what you were saying with Pat Connaughton, he seemed he was definitely like the best one of the bunch and if he sees his minutes go up for the next game, I would not be shocked. I wouldn't either. I just think I feel like Pat just is not one who's going to take some of these shots out of the rhythm of the offense like the other two guys will. And I think Dante is the biggest culprit in doing that. But I think Sterling can sometimes do that as well. He won't shoot as much typically. But, I mean, I would be surprised if Pat went 0 for 5 in a game. I just feel like typically like he'll get to the rim, although he did all of his shots with threes, so maybe I'm an idiot. But um, I don't know. I just Pat just feels like... I don't know if I think he has the upside of either Dante or Sterling, 
but I think he might be the most consistent. I think there's some yeah. value to having that with the starting group it's and like, then letting the spark plugs run with the bench guys. Yeah, more. it's a it's a high floor, low ceiling type of deal. Yeah, exactly. Although coming into this game, Pat was oh wow, he actually led that group in three point shooting coming in, although he was only shooting twenty eight point six percent. Ah, this is just rough. The Bucks <laughs> oh wait, no, I lied. No, I totally lied. I th- my bad. I had to choose. I had it sorted by attempts, not percentage. So Pat was the worst. Dante shot forty-five percent from three going in, which is an unbelievable number to me. And Sterling was shooting forty-one point seven going in. But this game, I mean, we'll break down this game in detail. Uh, like I said, with with Mister Mister Pat, Mister Jason Pat, soon, very soon. But weird game, and the Bucks just made absolutely no threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that, but. Uh... Going back to like what we were talking about with like replacement by committee, it seems like we saw that it's going to be a lot of load being distributed to other guys as well, not just replacements. So like, how do you think that the uh, role of Chris Middleton in terms of creation is going to be distributed going forward? Well, it sure seems like a whole bunch of it was like Giannis and Bled saying, oh, we got it. Uh, and they certainly did uh, combined for... 69 points in this game. Just a quality figure. But uh, <laughs> Bledsoe going 12 for 14 from the field. His only misses were threes. He didn't miss a single two. And then Giannis just doing Giannis stuff. 38 points, 16 boards, four assists, five turnovers. He has to work on that early. But three steals and a block as well. Just and somehow the Bucks got outscored by four in Giannis's thirty-five minutes and still won this game again. Weird game, but those two guys really put the offense on their shoulders in this one. I mean, no other Bucks scores more than fifteen. Nobody on the bench scores more than six. Just those two guys really just said, "We'll just do it this time." I don't know if that's sustainable, but it, it was kind of nice to see. I actually think it could be sort of sustainable. Like, Giannis is just going to be putting up insane Giannis numbers every night because that's apparently who he is now. Uh, But Bledsoe, he's been killing it. Five straight games going 20-plus points, and he seems to have figured out that he's actually really good at getting to the rim. Like, he seems to have just realized, like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, especially when the player guarding him is not, like, that heavy or not that bulky. Bled is just like, he's like, I don't even need to go past this guy. I can just go through this guy. And since I'm not like Giannis, who is just unfairly good at doing that, he doesn't get those BS, to be quite honest, charge calls pretty much ever called. He's really good at the bump and then stop and then and then put it up and just kind of float it into the hoop. Like We've talked before about his acceleration and then specifically his deceleration. He's just a nightmare to guard one-on-one when he's got his head down and driving. And that's mostly, I mean, like we said, he missed the two threes, but that's mostly all he did, and it was great to see. Yeah, and one thing that's really been a wrinkle that's sort of, I don't know if this is new or it's just like uh, I'm, we're like seeing it more often, like more often in the offense, Bledsoe is a really good pick-and-roll passer. Yes. Like, he's it's insanely good. Him and Brooke Lopez, these last couple games, have been running so many pick-and-rolls, and he's just he's finding Brooke Lopez for open layups, open dunks, and he's just always making the right pass. He's he's more talented, I think, than a lot of Bucks fans might realize, just because I think, one, what sticks in your memory about him is the playoffs, because those are the games that, you know, really matter, and, and he's obviously had some some stinkers there, and just, 
I don't know. It, it feels like right now I think he's maybe the most comfortable I've seen him on the box. I mean, he just really seems to be clicking on all cylinders. And obviously he had a great season last year. I mean, he really shined. But I did feel like he was a lot better defensively than he was offensively even last year. Mm-hmm. This season, I just think his offense is firing on all cylinders and it's making a huge difference for the team. You mentioned the the streak of 20-point games. That's huge. Um, Bledsoe, I mean, I, I was... I was actually talking with Adam McGee a bit during this game, mutual friend of ours and, and chief over at the Win and Six podcast and behind the Bucks pass. Well, him and, and Jordan Trusky, I'll give him both a shout out. But I, I said he's gonna he's gonna trick me into into trusting him again and believing him again before the playoffs, and I don't know how I feel <laughs> about that. But right now, I am squarely on Team Bledsoe. Yeah, the one thing that's really been plaguing Bledsoe recently when he has all these issues is confidence. So I think in, if there's a silver lining to this Chris Middleton injury, it's that Eric Bledsoe finally gets to be very confident because he is no longer like the third banana in the offense. He's squarely the second banana. Yeah, and it feels like that's something that either he has been made to understood or he just kind of in- intuitively was like, yeah, I'm, I need to step up now and, and carry some of this load, some more of this load. And I wouldn't hate if he was more sort of like that Outside of this sample size with Middleton hurt, I mean, I, I tweeted a few times about this during the game, but I've always been a big proponent in staggering him and Giannis because I feel mm. like they're both guys who they can handle the ball, they can chew up possessions, they can both run pick and rolls, Giannis on either end, Bledsoe specifically as as the ball handler. But and, and they're two of the worst shooters in the rotation, even though Bledsoe had been better before this, and, and Giannis had too. But uh, I just think having him be that aggressive a little bit dial it back when Giannis and Chris are on the floor with him, but not always. And if you get the ball, by all means, with some space, go drive. But like, like, why not, instead of having these awful bench lineups, which I know you particularly hate uh, with none of those guys, why not just let Bled go run the show? I mean, hell, Robin Lopez has not been able to shoot. He hasn't been as rangy on defense as I would like, or as his brother was last year at least. But I'm sure Robin Lopez can run a mean pick and roll with just how huge he is. I mean, I just think there's a lot of potential there. I would love to see more commanding, commandeering Bledsoe going forward. Yeah, no, for sure. I completely agree with what you just said. It's just, yeah, confident Bledsoe is very good, Eric Bledsoe. Like, we've seen the matchups where he really shows up, like against the Rockets, uh, when he has to, when he defends James Harden. He's just like the big matchups he always wakes up for because he knows he's the guy in those situations. And if he can realize he he can do that on any given night, that's when this it's just going to click. It is. And it's, exciting to, it's an exciting thing to think about. And this, I think, is going to be – I always like to look for some certain things during the regular season. I think especially when you know a team can be as good as the Bucks are. You know, like some things you don't really need to look for. We know what Giannis is. I think largely we know what, what Chris Middleton is. If Bledsoe takes a step up and really asserts himself, that could be the kind of thing that, if it can carry over to the playoffs, would absolutely change a whole lot for this team. And it would help mask some of the smaller issues uh, in, in, in a very real way. So one thing I think it'll be exciting to watch this season is can Bledsoe keep up being this aggressive more of a lead dog kind of guy on offense because it, it will matter. I I think there's this misconception that because Giannis and Chris are on the team, there's just no not room for Bledsoe to do that. I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of great teams with multiple really strong options on offense. I think it's a myth that you can only have one or maybe two guys. You, you can't have too many creators. No. 
Yeah, this is a it's, quick aside, but do you th- do you think Eric Bledsoe is going to be an All Star this season? It's sure. I think the Chris Middleton injury almost—I don't want to say cements it. He still needs to go out and get it more. But the Bucks are going to be very good. They're going to have some more national TV games. He's going to have the opportunity to continue impressing a lot of people. Right now, his counting stats, they must be terrific. Um, and I think it would be surprising to me if the Bucks didn't get two All-Stars based on how good they are. And again, mm-hmm. I just think they're going to have a lot of attention around them. Although still, people still love talking about Boston. Uh, the Celtics have played well, <laughs> but it, it's kind uh, of funny. They but always will. They, yeah, they certainly will. But I think his defense, I don't know how much it matters, but I think it'll help. But especially with Middleton missing so much of this crucial all-star time, I think he'll be a focal point of Bucks voting efforts, which will help. Yeah. What do you think? Oh. I, I think he's going to be. I think even if Chris Middleton didn't get hurt, I was really uh, thinking that he was going to be an all-star this season. I am one of the biggest Bledsoe supporters there is. So, I yeah, I'm fully on the hype train. Eric Bledsoe, all-star, wherever it is. I forget. Where is the all-star game? Is it, uh, <laughs> are they doing Charlotte now? No, that was last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where it is. I, I, was I never get that excited about the location, unless yeah. until it's Milwaukee, which should no, be I soon. No, I was ready to say Bledsoe to blank, but then I forgot what blank was. <laughs> <laughs> Bledsoe to somewhere. Yes. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So we'll talk about um, Bledsoe's big night against the Bulls and a lot more Bulls stuff in just a second with Jason Pat. Just real quick before we get him in here, we just have a couple more of our great partners to talk about, including Harry's. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave has not changed much in that time. The ancient Greeks and the Greek fleek, freak, Greek fleek is like when Giannis wears a really nice outfit, but the ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I actually personally love shaving with Harry's. I have been since before I hosted the Eurostep. The easy glide on their razors is smooth. Harry's is a return to the essential. They provide quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. They can do that because they cut out the middleman. They manufacture blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for more than a century. That means you get incredibly high quality blades at factory direct prices. I've never said blade this much in my life, but Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription, and there's no risk to you for trying them out. You can get a full refund if you don't love your shave. Listeners of the Eurostep can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You get all of these things, a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and the essential travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. One thing that's less easy to talk about than blades is erectile dysfunction. It's not easy. Usually, men just brush it off or blame themselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it, Chris Middleton's going to miss another three weeks at least. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. It's a good place to be. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan, 
If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete that online visit today by going to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Again, the online visit, completely free. So is the two-day shipping. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Check it out. And now, let's uh, let's talk more specifically about this game that we just witnessed, uh, that I just deemed the, the drunk Bucks-Bulls game of 2019. Rohan and I are pleased to be joined by Jason Pat, also on the Blue Wire Network, host the Cash Considerations podcast. Jason, before we get started, is there a specific trade that caused you to go with that name for the podcast? Um, probably the Jordan Bell trade. Uh, there's oh, been, duh. there've been so many. I mean, and I mean, <laughs> and la- was it last year? The Bulls literally had like three different cash considerations trade, but I think, I think it was the Jordan Bell trade. There've been more before that too, but yeah, we just thought it, it was fitting just for the way the Bulls have operated in recent years. No, I think, I think it's absolutely great. And I'm just glad that the Bucks have Giannis. So we don't have to have some sort of a podcast name inspired by like the Grievous Vasquez trade or something. <laughs> So, Jason, you know, we talked a little bit about this game already. Obviously, we've called it drunk. Uh, we referenced the fact that the Bucks made as many three-pointers as Kobe White himself throughout this game. Just let's start off. What was your initial takeaway from during and after this one? Yeah, drunk, definitely the good way to put it. Uh, the Bucks had, what, like 22 turnovers. The Bulls had 20. There were a few just stretches where the ball was, it was just going back and forth. Nobody seemed to have any idea what was going on. I think there were two different stretches where the Bucks had like three straight turnovers in a row. Kind of helped the Bulls keep in it. You mentioned the three-point shooting. The Bucks just could not buy an open three. And the Bulls, I think, made 18 three-pointers. They were making some really tough shots. Like Some of those Kobe White threes, he hit that one, I think, in the first half where it was like off-balance, step back. Just some crazy shots. Zach Levine hit some really tough shots. Uh, I mean, overall, the Bulls played hard. They're obviously the Bucks are obviously a much better team. The Bulls played hard. They they were up seven at one point in the third quarter. Uh, they just weren't able to pull the game out in the end. Uh, they cut it down to three there late, and then Eric Bledsoe had that big basket. The Bulls playing that weird like four guard lineup. They were going with uh, Levine, Kobe White, Ryan Archidiakono, Tomas Sadoransky, Larry Markin because Wendell Carter had fouled out. Otto Porter wasn't playing. Uh, so Jim Boylan went with the four guard lineup and Eric Bledsoe big offense for him and the Bucks killed the glass. So I mean I, I can't hate the Bulls effort in this game and I know they gave up seventy points in the paint. That'll happen with Giannis, like forty seven free throw attempts. That'll happen again. They don't really have many good guys to throw at Giannis to defend him. They don't really have many many rim protectors outside of Wendell Carter Jr. So and the fact that the Bulls they covered as well. I think it was like an eleven half point spread. The fact that the Bulls were close, the fact that they didn't give up. And they hit a bunch of threes. I mean, that was good. But on the other hand, it was also kind of disappointing because I feel like the Bucks did not play well at all. They obviously shot terribly from three and all the turnovers. So while the Bucks are obviously the better team, I think the Bulls had a great chance to win this game. And it's, again, just not enough execution on the stretch, which has been a problem for them all season. Yeah. yeah I did. Oh, oh. Go ahead, Rohan. No, I was just going to say, it feels like the lack of uh, interior defense sort of cost the Bulls in the second half as the Bucks sort of like realized they could they could get to the rim at will, especially with Wendell Carter Jr. fouling out there at the end. Yeah, I mean, the team just ran out of centers, and that's, that's not a good thing to have happen against the Bucks, especially Giannis gets rolling. Giannis determined to just not lose this one, you could tell, him and Bledsoe alike. And I think really watching this, one of my – key takeaways that's a weird way to put it but 
I just think the team wasn't all the way ready to play without Chris yeah. Middleton. I mean, this is a good, I think, first game to be without him for this stretch because you kind of go, oh, wow. I mean, no offense to the Bulls, but not a not a, not a a premier no. <laughs> team to be up against. And, and they really hung in there all the way through with one center and then basically zero centers playing in the game against a team that, I mean, you noted all the paint points. I mean, that's what the Bucks do. They like to also make threes. That just didn't happen for whatever reason. Some good Bulls perimeter defense for sure. I think the Bucks got lazy on a lot of their attempts and a lot of their their three-point defense. I mean, certainly some tough shots by the Bulls. I think the Bulls also got a ton of open looks because the Bucks just elected not to close out on a few possessions, which is a little bit maddening. But I think the Bucks kind of – I'm hoping after this game there's sort of a snap back into it mode in the next game where a couple of guys outside of Bledsoe and Giannis figure – oh, we need to step up because without Chris Middleton, just to give that steady 20 points on 15 shots or whatever, there's a there's a bit of a hole that needs filling. Yeah, like Dante DiVincenzo and Sterling Brown. and George Hill didn't play that great today either. Just like they had some really ugly attempts, some ugly turnovers. It definitely just kind of just kind of a ragged game. You could clearly see just how much they miss Middleton there. Was the la- just the other ball besides Giannis and Bledsoe? There's no other really ball handlers who were making good decisions. I mean, even they had some bad decisions as well. It's kind of I, th- I think the three point shooting. It seemed like the missing all those shots almost spooked them on a few occasions. Like yeah. there was uh, there was one possession where Cor- Corver passed up a three to give it to. Uh, Wesley Matthews in the corner for a three. He didn't then didn't take it and he drove in for I th- think he tossed up a bad shot or had a turnover. There was a Bledsoe passed up an open three on one possession, tried to drive in to like three guys, turned it over. So it was just definitely kind of, kind of a weird game, definitely a feeling out game for the Bucks it seemed like. I think those are good points. Bledsoe was super impressive though, besides some of the ugly turnovers. Just I think it was twelve of fourteen shooting, just relentless driving to the basket. I mentioned that the big offensive rebound. Then after that, after Levine missed a terrible three-pointer, Bledsoe came back and went right at Kobe White. Basically another dagger there to put it up seven. So Giannis and Bledsoe were just absolutely incredible in this game, just carrying them. But they definitely will need need some more help besides those two guys. Yeah, I think the yeah. turnover where I think it was George Hill tried to, or Wes Matthews tried to pass it to Dante, and then Dante just didn't <laughs> see the ball at all, and then just went out of bounds. I think that's encapsulating of the performance from the replacement wings for Chris Middleton. It was just, it was very ugly. They didn't really know. It didn't. They didn't seem like they knew what they were doing out there. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was very obvious. But again, when you got Giannis, uh, can cover up a lot of issues. That is for sure. Those long arms can cover quite a bit. So I just quickly, I'm just interested in your take here, Jason. Uh, Rohan and I agreed. We thought Pat Connaughton played probably the best out of those sort of reserve yeah. wings. The Bucks have like four guys kind of in rotation, and, and one of them is going to need to start while Middleton is out, and uh, probably they're going to see a lot of them kind of shuffle around as Bud tends to do even just with their bench spots. What did you think about Condon tonight uh, as a sort of as one of their wing options? There are many kind of similarly tiered, obviously much lower than Chris Middleton tiered wing options. Yeah, I can't say I have like a great in-depth knowledge of Pat Connaughton's game. I've watched a decent <laughs> amount of the books. I mean, I, he hit he hit a couple threes, right? I think he hit like two of yeah, the six he, threes. He took he took four shots and made two of them. Yeah, hit I mean, all and, he, and he's a pretty athletic player. Look like he was what a, like a plus 10 today pretty solid I mean he's solid I mean I like I, I was not impressed by DiVincenzo at all and I feel like he really no. hasn't gotten that much playing time I'm not sure how he's done in other games like I haven't watched followed him that closely uh like I said Sterling Brown was really ugly I, I feel like Content's a solid player like he's pretty athletic he try hustles he's a 
decent shooter, I think. And then, so, like, I, I, it is kind of tough. I mean, obviously, it's going to take a team, a collective effort. You you hope that just, like, on certain nights, like, you get either Connaughton heats up or Brown or George Hill or whatever, Dante does something. It's gonna, hopefully, just maybe it'll be like a – you're not going to be able to rely on one of those guys every night. So you just hope that one or two of them – steps up on certain nights and other nights and maybe a different one does so it's definitely Middleton super underrated has big big shoes to fill there yeah for sure it's I think you're agreeing with Ty and I here where Connaughton's sort of like a he's a floor raiser he's kind of consistent I do have one question for you on the bull side yes. of this is Kobe White going to continue to be a flamethrower for the entire season? <laughs> well, Kobe's been he's he's been so hot and cold. It's been crazy because so like the first couple games he was great. Uh, he had that Grizzlies game where he had twenty five points, twenty one in the second half. Then he was absolutely terrible for a while. Then he had one good half against the Lakers. Then he was terrible in the second half, and then he was absolutely awful for another few games. And then obviously last game. Uh, but against the Knicks with seven three-pointers in the fourth quarter, has 27 points, 23 points in that fourth quarter. Tonight, he had 19 points in the first half. Again, was hitting some just ridiculous shots. He finished a layup over Giannis, which I thought was incredible. Like, Kobe's not the strongest guy, the best finisher, but to finish over Giannis, he had everything going for him. But then again, in the second half, we kind of, in that third quarter when the Bucks went on their big run, Kobe started missing some shots. So he did play better in the fourth quarter, uh, made some, had some, some nice buckets there. He did blow a wide open layup, which is unfortunate, but overall he looked pretty good. I mean, I think it's with him. It's going to be just kind of hot and cold all season. That was kind of what I expected uh, coming in. Just he'll have these games where he comes off the bench and he just makes everything. And then there'll be other stretches where he just can't buy a bucket where he does stupid stuff. But that's, I mean, that's the life of a 19 year old rookie point guard. Like I said, he's not really a natural point guard at this point. As you notice, I mean, he got up like he got up 23 shots in 34 minutes. He loves to shoot the rock. His, his shot selection isn't always the best, but when he goes through those hot stretches, you can kind of live with that. It's something he'll have to, he'll have to learn with because ultimately, if the Bulls are going to win games, like you're going to need better decision-making. That's kind of one of the problems with Zach Levine. While he can make tough shots a lot, we saw in this game, in the second half, he put he was 4 of 12 in the second half, was putting up some really ugly shots that kind of helped the Bucks get back in it and take their lead. So Kobe White, definitely a lot of fun right now. He has these stretches where he's good, he has them when he's bad. Hopefully, as he develops, he gets a more consistent baseline where he's giving quality efforts on a consistent basis while also having some of these just explosion games, which are a lot of fun. No, he it's has certainly a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I, I just I, I, I couldn't agree more with the kind of hot and cold being the standard for a young point guard, guard, whatever you want to call him uh, in the NBA. I kind of it kind of reminds me of like Colin Sexton being mostly bad for a lot of last yep. year and then he starts to catch fire later especially from deep and and now this year he looks pretty damn good so far and, and way better than i expected defensively i just i just think sometimes there's this there's like this impulse to just decide after 10 games like this guy stinks this guy's <laughs> good etc especially for a young and i think point guard more than almost any other position besides maybe center yeah. they just need time and even just seeing the flashes i feel like is such a positive that it's enough to to give you, I don't know, I don't know, faith is the right word, but at least some sort of hope that there could be a really good player in Kobe White. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely like these flashes show you that he can get buckets at times. Like he's yeah. probably not going to be a bust. He's like not going to bust out. Like I, I've been really hard on a guy like Cam Reddish, and and I was hard on him in college, and like he's been just absolutely awful. I mean, even like Darius Garland's really struggled in Cleveland. Like these guys shooting really poorly. Kobe White's done, had these games where he shot really poorly, but then he's had these games where he looks great. So I feel like. 
like at worst, if we're talking about micro, like Ben, the name Ben Gordon has been thrown around a lot as just a microwave six wave, like six man score type. Like if that's like the what he ends up being, like I think that's totally fine. Like obviously the Bulls are hoping he can be point guard of the future and he can really develop the playmaking stuff. But like at worst, if he turns into like a microwave Lou Williams, Ben Gordon, obviously Lou Williams is really really good, but. Ben Gordon type scorer off the bench. I mean, you can live with that. You'll take that as long as he's not busting out. Like there could be way worse picks than ending up with a really good six man off the bench who can really score. But I, I obviously I hope that he'll be better than that. He's obviously so early in his career. Hopefully he he gets better and develops the the point guard skills and all that. But right now he's just a lot of fun when he gets going. Just super confident, super super cool guy. Like he's really easy to root for. So I, I'm rooting for him. We haven't even talked about the hair yet. Yeah. I mean the hair exactly. is phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just adds to like the whole like Kobe White just easy to root for the mystique there. Just when he gets going and the hair's flopping around and he's so fast. It's just just a really fun player. So like I said, hopefully he's he develops and that he's good for a long time for the Bulls. Yeah, based on my timeline, which again is not the end all be all, but he seems to have earned the respect of Bucks Twitter. Nice. <laughs> yeah. He was an, he was ordained as a, a Bucks killer in the first half. He's another <laughs> another random Bucks killer. Stan, Stanley Johnson. Uh, okay. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Um, that's a. It's almost becoming a deep cut. Stanley Johnson now over in Toronto for an, some amount of time. At least we'll see. Um, I guess I feel like there's one question, and after this, feel free, Rohan, to let loose anything else you might have, but one question I think we need to ask every guest on the podcast this season, the the debate that, you know, ruled the Eastern Conference all summer, which of the two teams on the top is better, Milwaukee or Philly? Jason, please don't pander, or do. What is your answer there on which Eastern Conference team you think is going to reign supreme this season? I guess we can't count out the Raptors either. They look pretty damn good. Siakam is... I did not expect Siakam to be as good as he was going to be this year. Uh, But if we're looking at the Bucs and Sixers, before the season, I was put on the spot on another podcast to pick... Actually, it might have been my own podcast. We were talking about, <laughs> and I hadn't really thought about it. And I and I and I picked the Bucks to win to win it all, just because I'm Greek, so I kind of have some Giannis bias in me. So I was Ooh. like, so I was like, oh, I'll just pick the Bucks. Like I was, I think I did not like the fact that they gave up Brogdon. I figured they would take a step back in the regular season, but I was just like, it's so wide open. They have Giannis, like. Middleton's really good, like Bledsoe. I know he's had his playoff issues, but he's still pretty good. So I was just like, ah, screw it, I'll pick the Bucks. I don't know if I actually think that now, like in terms of like beating like the Lakers or like Clippers, if those teams are healthy in the finals. But I still would. I think the Bucks will be. The Sixers are weird because like they're they're obviously very unique with how big they are. Uh, and Bede's obviously really good, but I mean they still Ben Simmons still doesn't shoot at all. Uh, we've seen them really have some the, their turnover problem. Their offense can really bog down late in games. Uh, when teams just pack the paint and dare them to shoot. They just don't really have much shooting. I don't love their depth. I know we've seen that happen with the Bucks kind of as well when Giannis gets the paint packed on him, but Giannis is better than Embiid or Simmons. So I guess between those two teams, I would still take probably the Bucks. But uh, I guess you can't count out the Raptors either, and the Celtics apparently are somehow awesome. Like, I don't think they'll keep that up, but... I guess they could be thrown in that mix as well, and it's probably. And I guess the Heat have been really good, but I don't think they're this good either. So, I'll still stick with the Bucks as my Eastern Conference champ, and I'm not pandering because I I picked that before the season. <laughs> good man, Rohan. Do you have any other Bulls-related questions here as we as we get close to wrapping up? Uh no, I think uh, I think I'm good here. Really, I'm shocked you don't want to know more about the Chicago Bulls, the 2019-20 Bulls, Rohan. <laughs> it's so 
No Chandler Hutchinson <laughs> questions? <laughs> no, I, 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 I haven't even mentioned how Laurie Markkinen was awful today and how I'm very concerned about him. <laughs> it's like if he's actually – he's kind of hurt apparently, but if he's bad, like I, I, I did not think the Bulls were going to make the playoffs this year. A lot of people were talking playoffs for the Bulls. Uh, I, I said I, I said they'd they'd come just short. I thought they'd be a lot better. I mean, right now they're four and eight. It's been kind of ugly, uh, especially Lowry Markin. And if he's if he's not actually good, that's a huge problem for them. Uh, so I guess he was and he was awful tonight. Uh, he missed a dunk. I think he tried to dunk on Corver and he blew it. He was just invisible throughout most of the game. So uh, I for as a Bulls fan, I'm very much hoping he's not as bad as he's shown this year. As a Bucks fan, not that you're actually worried about the Bulls as some up and coming team, <laughs> given how good the good the Bucks are, but the, uh, the Bulls would make it at least more interesting if Larry Markin didn't suck, and right now he sucks, which is no. unfortunate. It, I will give it to the Bulls that they are fun to watch. When they're hitting their shots, they are yeah. very fun to watch. Yeah, which is at least more than I could say that they were like, last season was just so terrible, and two years ago was really bad, too. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll take fun to watch and kind of bad. I mean, I guess I would hope that they'll still be there. It was the bottom of the Eastern Conference is a joke, yeah. and the 30, like, 5 to 37 wins might get you right there, like an 8 seed to get walled by the Bucks in the first round, so if they're right <laughs> around there, I can take that, especially if they're fun to watch. Yeah, I think they can get there, but yeah, you you would know more than me. Yeah, hopefully we can do a, a first round yeah, preview podcast maybe. at some point. Let's, That'd be let's fun. Let's do it. I hope so. <laughs> Let's lock it in right now. I, I think I'd be just fine with, with playing the Bulls in the first round this year. Um, um, Jason, thank you so much for, for taking the time to hop on here. We, we both really yes, appreciate thank it. thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, Have, happy to do yeah. it anytime. I, Bulls, Bulls, Bucks play a bunch more. I think they, they play, what, again, Monday, right? And then two more yes. times, the fun Central Division, ri- quote-unquote, rivalry. It hasn't been much of a rivalry lately, but maybe quote sometime unquote. soon. <laughs> I love the quote-unquote. Yeah. yeah, you'll have to have... To have Maybe have one of us on cash considerations. We'll see. But if you somehow don't already, make sure to follow Jason on Twitter at Bulls underscore J-J-A-Y. Definitely check out his podcast as well. Part of the great great and powerful Blue Wire Network. Uh, Subscribe to the Eurostep too as well, please, if you haven't already. Uh, Make sure to give both pods a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice, if applicable, because it definitely helps us out a lot. Uh, tell your friends about it. That's an old school method of support, but it's still very much valid. Uh, if you'd like to join the Euro group, the Eurostep Discord server, all you have to do is tweet a picture of you, a screenshot of you listening to the podcast, and we will uh, hit you with the link to get in there. We talk bucks every game and kind of throughout the days too as people get bored at work, quite honestly. Hope my bosses at my day job aren't listening. But I uh, believe that's about all we've got. So until next time, We, uh, on the Eurostep, bid you adieu and go Bucks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.